It's time for another LA Kings fan feedback show. I gave you my off-season grades on the Kings moves. You responded and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also the co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate L.A. Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. It is time for another L.A. Kings fan feedback show. We've got a lot of questions and comments, so as usual, we'll get right into it. And as usual, we'll start with the emails. And uh, the first one comes from Stephen in Michigan. He says, I recently watched an episode of your show that featured Eric Portillo, the goalie out of the University of Michigan. I'm a huge Wolverines fan and think this guy is going to be a star. He was excellent for us, and I wish my Red Wings would have been able to get him. I'm not really a Kings fan, but I'm planning on following Portillo's career going forward, and if he ever makes it to the Kings as a number one goalie, I will for sure be watching a lot of Kings games and cheering him on. If my wings keep stinking, I may even be a down-low Kings fan. Any chance you could have him on for an interview on a future show? Uh, well, Stephen, uh, good for you to check in, even though you're not yet a Kings fan, but maybe that will change. Uh, appreciate you watching and commenting on the show anyway. Uh, I would love to get Eric Portillo on the show. Um, there is a chance that that could happen. We had Jared Schaffron on last week uh, as our special guest, and he is the Ontario Rain Director of Communication, so we have a connection with him. Um, something we didn't have really at this time last year as I was going into my first year of hosting the show. Um, so he's the man to get in contact with to try and get some guests. So we definitely plan on doing that. Um, and of course, coming up next month, uh, all the Kings players uh, and certainly the prospects are going to be getting together for the rookie camp and the rookie tournament coming up in Las Vegas. Uh, so uh, once those guys start uh, getting back into town from wherever they might be, um, maybe Eric Portillo back home in Sweden. Uh, certainly we're going to put that request in. Um, if you're giving me my wish list of guests from the Ontario Reign that we could have on, he would be pretty high on the list because not only is he going to be, I think, the Kings, or excuse me, the Reigns number one goalie this season, I think uh he right now appears to be the future in net for the LA Kings, but obviously there's a long way to go between now and then. But yes, um, definitely going to try and get Eric Portillo on the show, and some other Kings prospects as well, so stay tuned for that. Speaking of the rain, our next email comes from Don. He is in the North Hollywood Lagoon, he says. Uh, he says, every day are here. Love to hear that. Uh, he says, I've gotten AHL TV the last couple of seasons, which I highly recommend if you want to follow our prospects, and I was able to watch Ontario Rain games on my regular big screen TV. I got to see a lot of things that are not normally mentioned in most Kings discussions, 
Uh, there is a not-so-great aspect of last season's Ontario rain season that has not been discussed. Marco Sturm was resigned at the end of the AHL season, despite a very bad finish by the team. Okay, fair enough. I assume Marco was rehired on the basis of the first half of last season, which was pretty solid. But in the last nearly, but in the last nearly third of the season, the rain were dreadful. The offense was listless, and the defense was flimsy and inconsistent. The nosedive lasted clear through the end of the season. Sure, there were a few injuries, but not that many. The team still had a solid talent base and adequate depth as well, but the slump persisted. After 47 games in a 68-game regular season, the Reign were a respectable 13 games over 500. 21 games later, they finished the regular season only two games above 500 after going a pitiful 5-16 and 16 in their final 21 games. They staggered into the playoffs and were eliminated in two quick games. Hopefully this pattern will not emerge next season as the team will finish strong uh, and the team will finish strong. Unlike this past season, Marco Sturm seems like a nice guy in interviews and he has had several significant jobs in hockey where he's performed well, including assistant coach to the LA Kings and Tom McClellan. He's getting another chance this season due to the team's strong start last year, I would assume, but is he really cut out to be a head coach in pro hockey at the highest levels? Uh, that takes a special breed, in my opinion. This upcoming season will likely tell the tale about Marco Sturm. The Reign are going to have a lot of talent to put out on the ice, but if history should unfortunately repeat itself with a very weak finish, then he should be let go by the Kings. So I say, as a loyal Kings fan and Reign fan, good luck, Marco. Well, thank you very much, uh, Don, for that uh, for that email. And certainly you watching all the Reign games uh, makes you a bit of an authority on what happened with the team, at least certainly more than me, because I didn't see a single rain game last year. I'm going by all the things that I read, watching highlights and things like that. Uh, I don't have AHL TV. Um, I did obviously follow the rain from afar. Um, we mentioned Jared Shaffron earlier. He has joined us as a guest. Um, so he is obviously very invested in the rain and we get our information based on his first town accounts. A lot of the times um, as far as Marco Sturm goes, uh, he's going to be back for more than next season, barring anything that he would may potentially do to get fired other than the team's performance. Frankly, um, he signed a multi-year extension. Um, his previous contract was for three seasons. I'm guessing this was also another three-year contract extension, but it was a multi-year extension. So it's going to be at least two years. Um, and I would be very surprised if he doesn't finish out that term, uh, barring anything scandalous, quite frankly. Um, it would have to be a incredibly awful season for the Kings to make an AHL coaching change midseason. It's just something that really doesn't happen. And while um, watching the rain from afar, certainly it was uh, notable that they did not play as well in the second half as they did the first half, as you mentioned, and also going into the playoffs, they were not playing very good hockey as well. I think part of the thing you do have to keep in mind, though, was that Cal Peterson was basically forced to be in net for the rain once he went down to the AHL. The Kings were trying to get him back on track, and that's also something you need to keep in mind when talking about the AHL. The Kings obviously want to, min want to win as many games. The Ontario Reign obviously want to win as many games as they can. They are still putting a product out on the ice that they want to be successful because people are buying tickets, people are buying AHL TV, they're watching these games, and you want to see wins. As a fan, that's just natural. But the major component of having an AHL franchise is to prepare players for the NHL roster. Uh, a lot of times that's obviously with prospects. Sometimes it's guys being sent down on injury rehab assignments. 
Uh, sometimes it's guys like Cal Peterson having a bad NHL uh, record and trying to get him back on track. Um, that is part of, that's a big part of what the AHL is about. So I'm not trying to say the Kings aren't interested in Marco Sturm's win-loss record, but it's not the number one thing, quite frankly. Um, and it is a very interesting balance that an AHL coach has to navigate. Uh, you know, you're sometimes your best players leave and go on the uh, NHL roster. And now you've got to make do with players getting different roles. And again, uh, your, your roster is not always dictated by giving the best lineup you can to win games. It's about development. Some, sometimes guys get ice time based on wanting to see them develop more than maybe potentially having to win games. So keep that in mind. I will also say Marco Stern from everything I've heard. Um, and I don't know if this is still the case, but there was a time when he had joined the King staff that a lot of people felt he was being groomed for an NHL head co coaching job. Obviously you would, you would think with the Kings, um, they felt in the organization that he was kind of a rising star. I don't know if they still feel that way or not considering that he was with the Kings and he, I don't know if you call it a demotion, but obviously he was working with the Kings power play and that wasn't working, which is why they brought in Jim Hiller who did a great job with the Kings power play last year. Now it was kind of an addition by subtraction for the Kings. And they also probably thought, well, let's bring in a more experienced assistant to help us out with the power play. And at the same time, we can give Marco Sturm some head coaching experience at the AHL level. They thought it was potentially a win-win. So um, they they do they had at one time at least thought very highly of Marco Sturm in the organization. I think they still think highly of him. But I have mentioned before, Todd McClellan's going into the final year of his contract. If the Kings make a coaching change, I would not be in favor of Marco Sturm getting promoted to take over that job. I would want them to go outside the organization and find a more experienced coach to take on on a team that is obviously expecting bigger things with an experienced roster. So. I, th I would agree with you on this. The jury is still out on Marco Sturm, but like I said, keep those factors in mind when looking at win-loss record, things like that. It's not always about wins and losses at the AHL level. Um, we have this one quickly from Maria in Torrance. I uh, said, just wanted to say I appreciate your show. Can't wait until the season gets started. I'm really curious to see how Pierre-Luc Dubois does in our new goalie. I just saw that it was the anniversary of the Kings getting Wayne Gretzky, and I'm pretty sure I've heard you say you got into the Kings when he was traded here. I didn't get into hockey until the Kings two Stanley Cup runs. Maybe you could have an off-season show breaking down how Wayne Gretzky happened to be traded to the LA Kings. I'm still not sure how it happened because, as I have heard, the Oilers were a very good team, and he was the best player in the game. Uh, keep up the good work. Go Kings go. Uh, yeah, Maria, you are correct for people who don't know. Uh, and maybe there's still some people who wonder how in the world could the Edmonton Oilers ever train trade uh, Wayne Gretzky. It was the anniversary was recently August 9th, 1988. Wayne Gretzky, Mike Krujelniski, Marty McSorley come to the LA Kings from the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for Jimmy Carson, Martin Jelena, three first round picks and $15 million. Um, we had Ted Sobel on the show as a special guest not too long ago. We may have him back before the season starts. And he is someone who works in the local media, has covered the Kings for a long time, and uh, was at the press conference when Wayne Gretzky was introduced as an L.A. King and put on that uh, that uh, brand-new uh, white and silver Kings uh, jersey. So we could have him on to kind of really, as a first-hand account as to what happened. But real quick, I, I would recommend, if you're interested, 
Check out uh, a documentary on it called A Day That Changed the Game. You can find it in its entirety free on YouTube. Just Google A Day That Changed the Game or even maybe Wayne Gretzky Trade. It's on the LA Kings YouTube channel. It's about an hour and 45 minutes, I think. It'll definitely get you up to date on uh, everything that happened with that. Um, but basically, uh, the Oilers owner, Peter Pocklington, apparently didn't think he could re-sign Wayne Gretzky, didn't think he had the money to re-sign him, didn't want to let him walk for nothing. Um, once word got out to Wayne that he was being shopped, he got pretty pissed off and then wanted to be traded and ended up coming to L.A. So that's a very brief, uh, there are a lot of moving parts to it, but that's basically how Wayne Gretzky ended up as a Los Angeles King. We have your YouTube comments to get to uh, and your grades on the Kings offseason moves. Uh, we'll get to that next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, take your first swings at betting on Major League Baseball at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That is $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you could spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under or who you think might hit the first home run of the game. It's all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in a bonus bet. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, let's get into some of your YouTube comments on this Kings Friday fan feedback show. Uh, this is coming off of my episode I had on Monday where I gave out grades for all the Kings offseason moves, the signings and the trades. Uh, this one comes from Gary Sharma, 5987. He says, I thought the Cal Peterson trade was an A because it was the foundation for what the team did afterwards. It accomplished several goals. It allowed us to keep Gavrikov to move Walker and Peterson, especially his contract. A player on a bad contract is really difficult to trade because their value is diminished. I thought the penalty for that trade was minimal considering that we got rid of that. Um, I think that's fair. I don't really have a problem with you giving that an A. I think the reason probably I didn't give it an A, frankly, is that I was a bit tainted because uh, that was a trade to clean up a self-inflicted wound. Uh, they had to get rid of that contract, but they never should have given them that contract in the first place, in my opinion. He had never proven that he could be a number one goalie, and yet they paid him three years, $15 million, uh, and uh, that was a bad trade. So uh, I have no problem with you giving it an A. I gave it a B. Uh, this one comes from Dominic Ephraim, 3088. He says, I haven't exactly been thrilled with some of the moves, but I'm willing to wait and see. No need to be negative on a total unknown. I'm actually looking forward to see how it all shakes out. I, I would say, Dominic, that's a very healthy attitude to have. Certainly, you and everyone else is entitled to their opinions on the trades, whether you like them or not. But in, in the end, uh, what's done is done. The moves have been made. Uh, and now we're all just going to have to sit back and see how it works out. And then we'll have our opinions uh, on how things shake out at the end of the season. I'm just as curious as you, as you are to see how these moves turn out, especially, obviously, the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, the signing of Cam Talbot as well. This one comes from TR Burns 826. He says, I'd grade the offseason a solid B. I liked the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade and bringing back Gavrikov was a necessity to solidify the top four D pairing, especially after giving up a first rounder. Getting rid of Cal's contract was a must. Kopitar's extension provides some clarity with cap 
with the cap jumping uh, up the next two seasons with some depth that we lost with the trades and the goaltending still remaining a question mark. This is about as good of an offseason the team could have had with the limited cap space. I think you and I are pretty much in agreement uh, on, on a lot of this. I think Rob Blake had some big decisions to make uh, in some bit of some difficult circumstances. Although, I, as I mentioned, the Cal Peterson thing was a was a uh, circumstance of his own doing. Um, but we get a young uh, offensive center in his prime. Gabrikov coming back and having him for a full season, I think, is big. Trading away Cal Peterson, as you said, was certainly important. Resigning Kopitar was a solid move. And bringing Cam Talbot, I'm, I'm optimistic about what he can do. So I think a solid B is a good overall grade for the Kings as well. Uh, but others disagree. This comes from Frank in Rancho's Palos Verdes. He says, a great show and insightful analysis. I do, however, disagree with your grade on the forwards. I give it a C- minus at best. Losing three forwards, two of the top three lines, and another in Kupari that I feel has a great deal of upside in his game. Getting Dubois is nice, but not at that price. The Kings are now in a position to be far too dependent on both Byfield and Moore in an effort to replace those numbers. I believe that Byfield, Moore, and Dubois combined output will fall short of what the three forwards traded accomplished last year. Uh, the defense, I give an A, the goaltending a B plus when you consider their limited options there. Go Kings, go. Uh, some good stuff, Frank. Appreciate that. Um, I've said it before. I think Gabe Velarde's upside is what you're getting from Pierre-Luc Dubois now. Um, plus, Pierre-Luc Dubois plays center. Now, if Velarde can end up matching Pierre-Luc Dubois' numbers, which I'm skeptical that he can, and if he can stay healthy, which he's had issues with that, and if the Jets move him to center, remember his best year in the NHL came playing the wing, then I think definitely you'd have to say advantage Jets. Uh, but we'll have to see if that happens. Uh, I would disagree that Byfield and Moore have to really step up to replace those numbers. Now, if they do, that would be huge. I think the focus is going to be more on Arthur Kaliev uh, to fill the void of Velarde. Uh, I think he can get the job done. I've said that before. Of course, he has to go out and do it because that's an opinion and not a fact. So we'll see. But I'm optimistic that Arthur Kaliev getting the ice time that Gabe Velarde had, getting the power play time that he had, I think that he can put up similar numbers that Gabe Velarde did. This comes from Ricky Hazel, 1030. Uh, he says, uh, one thing I will disagree with on Cal is that uh, he had like a 920 state percentage in something like 25 NHL games played. And while 5 million over three seasons was an overstep there, uh, what there, there was reason to believe that he could be a number one goalie of the future. Gavrikov's Gavrikov's contract is an overpay, and I believe will make it hard to keep Roy as a better player uh, should he want a higher salary. Um, he says Roy is a much better player. Uh, other than that, I don't like Blake's blocking prospects from getting AHL games by bringing in the veteran presence. Uh, one or two of those guys would be one thing, but like six guys with significant experience at both the NHL and AHL levels is going to make it hard for Nosyainen or Krieger to get some uh, game time to actually improve practice only does so much. And both head coaches in the AHL and NHL uh, seem to value games played over potential on the goalies. I'm not worried one bit about Talbot. He's been a number one with good numbers multiple times. And there's reason to believe he can bounce back from one rough season after three good ones prior on a defensively sound team. British and Copley have both been solid backups and Portillo has a lot of potential still wish they would have held on to Valalta. Um, I would have to disagree on the Cal Peterson signing. As I mentioned before the time at the time they signed him, uh, he had played 54 career NHL games. He had a 19, 25 and six record nine, 16 save percentage and a 2.79 goals against average one shutout. 
Um, that is way too small of a sample size. And those numbers are very average for them to invest the amount of term they invested in him. Uh, I, I don't believe he ever showed definitively that he could be a number one goalie. I don't know who advised Rob Blake on him handing out that extension. I don't know if it was Bill Ranford or a group of people that all felt like he would eventually work out, but there was no evidence to assume. Uh, there was not much, I don't believe, the sample size was too small to to think that Cal Peterson could be a number one goalie at the NHL level. Um, I will agree that the Gavrikov deal is a bit of an overpay, but not, uh, not a slight overpayment, I would say. Um, and I would also disagree that Roy is much better than Gavrikov. I agree he's better, but I don't know if he's significantly better. Um, keep in mind, Gavrikov's numbers also have been affected by him playing on some pretty bad Blue Jackets teams. Um, and as far as the veteran kind of minor league players that the Kings have signed or kind of marginal NHL, AHL players, um, I would be surprised if they play those guys significantly over any prospects that they have in the system and that that would hurt the development of some of the players. If that's the case, I would certainly uh, agree with you that that is a bad idea. Uh, we do have a few more YouTube comments here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. This episode also brought to you by Bird Dogs. What are Bird Dogs, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, they are shorts and pants with the underwear built in them. And that might sound weird, but I'm telling you, it is not weird to want to wear something that looks good and feels good. It's the perfect combination. I'm telling you, I have several pairs of these, and they feel amazing. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a bathing suit, but way more, way better than that. It's just built way better than that. Um, and they look good. I mean, you could wear these out to like a nice casual dinner, or they're also comfortable enough and flexible enough that you could work out of it as well. Uh, and once you try them, you will wonder why you had never heard of these before. And I had never heard of them before until I got to try them on. Uh, so I can give you uh, my personal endorsement on these. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter the promo code locked on NHL. For a free white tech hat with your order. There's one right here. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, that is birddogs.com, locked on NHL, or enter the promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, wrapping up another LA Kings fan feedback show. We've got some more YouTube comments. This comes from VDoom777. Uh, he or she says, I wasn't thrilled with the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. This guy is not Mike Richards. Uh, he is petty and selfish. What toughness does he bring? He might get into some shoving matches. Whoop-de-doo. If his cap hit was less, then it would make more sense. But 8.5 for 60 points is a slight bit in terms of aggression. Seems wasteful. I'm a big I follow fan as well, so I was not too fond of him being traded. I follow as a guy who knows how to make any line better at both ends, and was close to being a 20-goal scorer before he got hurt. Blake should have gotten Adam Lowry for the third-line center position and gotten Pepe, uh, Brendan Lemieux, type of a player for the fourth line because Lazat was really good with Pepe. Leave Deneau on the second line, upgrade Jersey's position with a guy like Petrie, Jeff Petrie. Uh, they could have beaten the oil. I think McClellan left too many things as is. Uh, he is not a great playoff coach, and he once blew a 3-0 game lead. If anyone can recall that one, I certainly can. Yes, I think we all I think we all remember that. He says, I'm very happy with them getting Talbot. He will win the Kings some games. Uh, I don't know how much you've watched Pierre-Luc Dubois. 
Uh, if you have followed his career closely, then I would have to defer to you on him being petty and selfish. I'm going to have to obviously wait and see, watch him on a nightly basis to know whether I agree or disagree with you on that. Uh, as for Mike Richards in that comparison, um, I realize you can't completely judge uh, a player's abilities and his impact on a team solely on statistics, but I will say that Pierre-Luc Dubois is a better offensive player than Mike Richards, and he will have better numbers when his career is all said and done than Mike Richards. Now, Mike Richards is a better defensive player than Pierre-Luc Dubois. He could kill penalties. He could score shorthanded goals. Not going to get that with Pierre-Luc Dubois. So you've got one guy who's a, I think, superior offensive player. Another guy was a superior defensive player at the forward position. Um, you could certainly argue that Richard's certainly a gritty guy. Maybe he gives more of that than Pierre-Luc Dubois. Going to have to wait and see. Going to have to watch him, as I said, every night to kind of get a better gauge on that. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mike Richards did have like three really good years in Philadelphia. He had an 80-point season. We'll see if Pierre-Luc Dubois can ever do that with the LA Kings or not. But uh, Mike Richards did do it while he was in Philadelphia. Uh, our final question comes from Aquaman01. And he or she says, question, with our cap space being limited next season, the Kings will have to make some tough choices, particularly in retaining Matt Roy or Victor Arvison. Do you agree that it would make more sense to choose and extend Roy with the amount of forward prospects who could potentially replace Arvison's production, such as Bogimo, Turcotte, and Kaliev? Who do you think has the best shot of hypothetically replacing Arvidsson, or do you see the Kings letting Matt Roy walk? and promoting Clark to the second line instead. Given the narrative that our defense has taken a hit after the Dubois trade, uh, I have a hard time believing that they will do this. Uh, actually, that's a very, very good question. Uh, I think it a lot will depend on what Arthur Kaliev does this season and Brant Clark to an extent as well. I think if Kaliev has a very solid season, 20 goals, 40 points, I think that makes the decision easier to part potentially with Victor Arvidsson. Uh, you'd be looking to promote Kaliev to that second line. Um, and I, I think that if Brant Clark has a big season, then we could see him, as you said, possibly moving up to that second pairing. If they want to keep Arvidsson, then you have Jordan Spence moving into that third pairing, uh, and you could afford to let Matt Roy walk. But my gut tells me that the Kings, with their team philosophy, they value defense more than offense. And I would guess that they would choose to re-sign a 28-year-old Matt Roy over a 30-year-old Victor Arvidsson. Plus, depending on what Arvidsson is looking for, I'm guessing he would be asking for more money than Matt Roy would because you're going to pay more for a talented, skilled forward than you are for a solid defensive defenseman. So, great question. I, again, it's going to it's going to depend on how Kaliev and Clark play, um, but th there is there's a potential there for a big decision, as you said, uh, for the offseason uh, coming up next year with the two unrestricted free agents in Matt Roy and Victor Arvidsson, and of course, the two goaltenders as well. So, But that's for another day. You can always look ahead. Like I said, this is your show. It's your feedback, so you can ask any questions you want. And that was a good question. Uh, as were all the questions and comments we have this week, really appreciate it. Uh, we cannot have this show without your participation in it. So thank you very much for all the emails and all the comments on the YouTube episodes and even the ones that I didn't read. Really appreciate those comments and the likes. It really helps out the YouTube channel. So thank you guys all for the comments and the emails for another successful Kings fan feedback show. Uh, if you would like to send us an email for next week's show, the email address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. -E. Uh, you can also post your comments in the YouTube episodes as always. Uh, for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day or right now every other day, 
Uh, coming up next week on Monday, we will have a special feature. Wednesday will be a special guest. And Friday, we'll have another Kings fan feedback show. If you would like to stay connected with the show uh, in between shows, we'd love for you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have yourselves a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. And as always, go Kings go.